Welcome to Trashy Divorces. Hey, y'all. Welcome back for another week of finely curated trash candy. This week, we've got an uptown girl for you. Yeah, we We're do. talking about the four-time divorcee, beautiful sunbeam, has halos and everything, the lovely, creative, talented Christy Brinkley. Awesome parent, too. We're awesome mom. Pretty sure, yeah. For sure. Four up, four down. It, yeah, she's got a bad picker, but I mean, she's got a great heart, we think. So. <laughs> Such a good story. Before we get to that, I want to give a little bit of detail on the song Uptown Girl. According to an interview that Billy Joel did with Howard Stern, the song actually is conceived when he's in St. Bart's playing piano, sitting by Billy Joel's then-girlfriend, Elle McPherson. Christy Brinkley walks in. Whitney Houston is there. And he starts this song, Uptown Girls. Naturally, Christy Brinkley, of course, says, it's about me. I was in the video. Right. However, Billy Joel has got to have a certain amount of uh, stuff in order to date back-to-back Elle McPherson and Christy Brinkley. It does raise some questions about the not-supermodel named Billy Joel. I mean, I don't know. It's It's interesting, interesting, right? Must have a great personality. Uptown Girl was off of Billy's An Innocent Man album, and it kind of gave everybody a shot because Billy's so happy and in love. That was a really good album. All right, Alicia, let's shift over to Patreon this week where we had a big week. Oh, we did have a big week. Many new people have joined us there to hear things like JFK assassination stuff. Ooh, what? it was JFK Spiderweb Week. Tuesday, yeah. we covered the everything episode of Mary Pincho Meyer. Wednesday for Side Chick, ooh, the story of Judith Barry Baker, Lee Harvey Oswald's mistress. God, it was so good. And all of you get to hear me feel very awkward as I listen to these stories. <laughs> They're so good. Do you want to kick off our magic mirror? I totally do, with awesome. much fanfare, gratitude, and thanks. We had a whole bunch of new people join us this week. Sandra E, Roseanne O, Diane T, Cheryl J, McLean A, Eliza W. We also have Meg B, Laura Rebecca, Dana, Susan H, who is actually my auntie from another mother, and also hello, Matt, and Stephanie S. And late edition, Donna's Craft Podcast has joined the Magic Mirror. I've got to check out Donna's Crafty Podcast. Yeah. yeah. Like, that sounds like it's right up my alley. Yep. Thank you, everyone. For sure. We are so thrilled uh, that you've joined us over there. And we are so happy to uh, be putting really fun, sometimes adjacent stuff over there for you. So we hope you enjoy. If y'all are interested in hearing your name in the Magic Mirror, patreon.com slash trashy divorces. That's exactly right. What she said. (laughs) And pick up on hours of extra bonus content a week in a million different trash candy threads that, ah, so good. All right. You about ready to- I uh, am so ready for the sunbeams and heartache that is Christy Brinkley. Let's make it work. Let's go, go, go. Do it. All right, Alicia. So you got two up of the four. Two up of the four. Okay. Gotcha. Christy Lee Hudson, mm. born February 2nd, 
1954. She's an Aquarius gal. Oh, I was going to say Pisces. No, of course she's an Aquarius. She's all dreamy and kind and... She became a vegetarian at 13 and convinced her I know, whole family. She got her to family be. to, yeah, surprise. Of course, she's an Aquarius. Chrissy's born in Michigan, but her family moves to sunny California. Like you do. When she's young, she grows up in LA. Her parents divorce, and her mom remarries a TV writer, which moves the family out to Malibu and Brentwood. Mm. Christy attends La Lycee Francaise de Los Angeles. During high school, she's a uh, Francophile, lover of all things French. She loves art and French. So not a James Francophile, because that would be weird. Just into French stuff. Into French okay, stuff. Okay, not James Franco. Christy graduates high school in 1972, and like you do, moves to Perry to study art. May as well. I mean, that's the dream. I mean, she's a very talented artist, and... She's been to French school, so of course you're going to go to Paris and yeah, live mean, the dream. Why wouldn't you? Well, Paris is actually where uh, the modeling thing happens. Uh, in 1973, Christie is spotted in a post office in Paris. And I you can't make it up. Nope. Introduced to John Casablanca, who gets her to Elite, who she meets with. And by the end of that lunch, she has been booked for three national campaigns. Hmm. And a model is born. Yep. Christy finds it kind of hilarious. She's like, I'm a surfer girl from California, not a model, but okay. She's 19. Also, when she's 19, 1973, it's a big year for love. Christy meets and marries her first husband. He is a French artist, Jean-Francois Allot. Jean-Francois was born in Morocco. After Moroccan independence, he moves to France. And then on to the U.S. in 1975. He and Christy marry in 73. He is super handsome. I'm like, sure. Distinguished international man. It's hard to get a scope on what happened. It seems like their careers were definitely diverting. She's traveling all the time for shoots. He is literally a very talented cartographer and illustrator. Oh, interesting. He's a mm -hmm. map maker. That's interesting. Yeah. He studies at uh, Ecole Nationale Supérieure de Beaux-Arts and at the Sorbonne. And is he older? Because she's quite young at the time. Are they the same age or is he older? I think he's a little bit older. Okay. Hello. Actually, this is what I really thought was interesting, is a founding member of INX, which is the premier editorial illustration service that since 1980 has provided journals of opinion worldwide easy access to the best in pointed political art. Hmm. Christy and Jean-Francois divorce in 1981. No kids. So eight years of marriage? Eight years of marriage. Okay. Uh, Jean-Francois, currently right now, and since 1999, has been an assistant professor at the University of Massachusetts, Dartmouth. Oh. He's still very handsome. Oh, mm -hmm. you've been stalking. Okay. Oh, yeah. Super handsome. But nine years of marriage, the French dream took a turn mm -hmm. and in well, 1981. No sure. Kids. Her career blew up, right? Oh, like, for sure. Yeah. So I'm, I'm sure that it was just their lives were radically different for sure. yeah. by, by the end than they were at the beginning. He's got to make the map. She's got to do the model. She will chart her own course. Thank you. 
1982, Christy is dating Olivier Chandon de Brails. He is the heir to the Moet and mm. Chandon Fortune. Right. He is also a race car driver and they, super they handsome. All are. He's like international mm. jet set dude. Yeah, yeah. All of these people. They start dating in 1982. He's hot off the heels of dating Andy McDowell, hmm. believe it or not. Olivier and Christy meet at Studio 54 hmm. in New York City and are smitten. And they date until saddest, saddest thing ever. He is in a preseason car race because, you know, international race car driver. Super tragically, mm -hmm. everything's going great. Christy's heading out to meet him that night in Palm Beach. Oh, wow. Okay. Olivier is uh, practicing on a racetrack that day, crashes through the gate. His car ends up upside down in a canal Yikes. where he drowns before he can be saved. Oh, that is super tragic. Christy. Is devastated, mm -hmm. naturally. We're going to leave poor, broken-hearted Christy Brinkley on the depot. Sure. On the trashy divorces train depot. Right. Sitting on the platform. Sitting on the platform. Head in hands. At crying. We're going to pick her back up okay. in a minute. Okay. Now let's talk about William Martin Joel. Oh, Billy. Billy Joel. Gotcha. Billy. Hubby number two. Born May 9th, 1949. He's a Taurus boy. Okay. It is highly unusual for an Aquarius and a Taurus to work. Like, it's not a relationship that they're going to be drawn to. It's interesting when it does. Like, it can be super great, but it's just not one that follows naturally. I do not have the times of their birth, so I cannot determine rising signs. Well, right, because ironically, though the marriage did not last forever, they've had a lifelong very positive relationship. Absolutely. Yeah. I think there's got to be some, a different compatible moon or rising, but. I think she's I just digress. made of sunbeams having spent a few days reading about and, her. Yeah. Like, and she, there are a bunch of other ex-husbands who will attest differently, but you know. Yeah. I can attest in my research. She's made of sunbeams. Okay. She's just delightful. Okay. This is our conflict-free trashy divorces, but not really. Not really. I think you have the conflict. Yeah, I, I, I did the I did the happy divorces, if there's ever such a thing. Okay. Billy Joel, May 9th. He's a tourist boy. Billy is the son of two New York Jewish immigrants. He has an older sister. They live in Levittown in Hicksville, New York. And it turns out the kid has an aptitude for piano. It's not a big surprise. His dad is in love with classical European music. So he's a piano boy? He is a piano boy. Not a pony boy. Nope, piano boy. And dad's like, hey, if he's going to play it, let's teach him how to play it right. So he starts getting piano lessons at four. And dad was born in Europe. And when Billy's not quite 10, dad has decided that he has had enough of America he thinks America has not one bit of culture and decides he's going to leave America and the wife and the two kids can remain behind. Okay. Odd flex, but. So Billy is now from the only family with a divorce in the neighborhood. Seriously. Yep. Oh so it's God. a big old stigma in Levittown. Mom's mm -hmm. struggling, mm -hmm. but she continues with Billy's piano lessons which are taken at a ballet school because that's where the piano is, right? But Billy's getting bullied. 
on the way down to the ballet studio for his lessons because, you know, he's walking with piano books. And right. Billy's like, all right, I mean, get beat or join him. So Billy becomes like a tough guy and he's running with the fast crowd and he's smoking that, and yeah. drinking and, I don't know, kicking over trash cans or whatever else you do as a juvenile delinquent and in Levittown, 1950. Yeah. yeah. Billy also learns to box. He has 26 bouts in his time as a boxer. His record is 22 and four. It's pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. He's pretty tough. But it's really music for him. And right now, at the time, like the Beatles are breaking through. And Billy Joel sees them and he's like, I want to do what they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So at 15, Billy and his friends make a band playing Beatles cover tunes. And they play this gig, and the girls are looking at him. He's like, this isn't bad. And at the end of the gig, the priest comes over and gives five bucks a piece to every guy in the band. And Billy is hooked. Music and girls. Oh, yeah. I love this. They call the band The Lost Souls, which to me is kind of hilarious. Because Billy, who's born in a Jewish family, grows up Catholic. The Lost Souls. He's a bunch of... Jewish kids growing up Catholic in fucking Levittown in their Beatles cover band. Just made me laugh. So by the time Billy's 16, he is persuaded to join as the keyboard player for this local band. So Billy's playing like three, four nights a week. And he's not too concerned about making it to school all the time. I'm not surprised. I mean, he's sleeping in. He's truant a lot. Right. He goes all the way through school. But the school is like, no, we're not going to graduate you. You've missed too many days. Ironically enough, they do graduate him. uh, They will grant him a degree 25 years later. I was going to say, I remember when he got an honorary degree from a university or something. Oh, he's got like seven honorary doctorates of music. But he finally gets his high school school. diploma. And he's like 47 or something. Anyway, doesn't matter. Billy has musical plans, and it's 1968, and he's a high school dropout playing with a local band that is never going any further than Long Island. Yeah. It's groovy. The band implodes, and uh, one of the dudes in the band, John Small, and Billy decide they're going to make a heavy metal organ duo. Hmm. They call themselves Attila. They want to be like Led Zeppelin. Sure. They're bad. Attila the fun. Attila the fun. (laughs) Billy, in starting up the band, moves in with John and his wife, Elizabeth. Elizabeth, always a woman, sharp, directive, beautiful. And Elizabeth starts to confide in Billy about the problems she and John are having in their relationship. And their marriage is crumbling. And you know what happens. Is Billy Joel a homewrecker? Billy Joel and Elizabeth begin to have an affair. Yikes. Billy's consumed by guilt. Oh, it's well, his best friend's girl, right? That's good. He's consumed by guilt and he wants to come clean to John. And Elizabeth is like, if you do that, I'm done with the both of you. Stupid. Don't like Elizabeth does throw him out. And Billy is sleeping in the 24 hour laundromat. He is working landscaping gigs. He is doing some oyster shucking as well, which the other oyster shuckers are like, Hey, piano boy, those fingers treating you, yeah. right? Like they're kind of they're kind of jerks. Yeah. Worse for Billy, uh, he does attempt suicide, and 
he, it's so sad. He drinks furniture polish and he says he thought it would taste better than the bleach. He is found before he dies. He's in the hospital for a while and he calls his manager, this dude named Major, and he's like, you got to get me out of here. These people are crazy. (laughs) So his manager dude dresses up as a doctor, bluffs his way into the hospital and steals, like, gets Billy released. These are different times. Yeah. I mean, I hope. Different times. Okay. Yeah, this is early 70s. The future's still bleak, but Billy's luck is about to change because his manager has a brother who's an art director for a record label. And Major's playing Billy songs for him one day, and the dude who has produced Woodstock walks by and pops his head in like, hey, that's not my thing, but I know a guy whose thing that is. Can I get one of those tapes? And that guy is a guy named Artie Rip. Artie Rip has produced a lot of people, notably the Shangri-Las, and Artie loves Billy and signs him, sight unseen. He's a record guy, and he's like, here, here's a contract, kid. And of course, Billy seeing the manifestation of all of his dreams come true, doesn't read any bit of that contract. He wants to make music and be with Elizabeth. She's now divorced from John, and he can have a contract and get money and have a place for he and Elizabeth, and everything's coming up roses. They move in together. He's writing and arranging and working on becoming Billy Joel. They head on out to L.A. to record his first album. He and Elizabeth. But his first album doesn't break him out the way it is supposed to. The whole thing is recorded, but the tape recorder was running slow. Hmm. So on the printed version of the album that nobody catches, they still print anyway. Billy Joel sounds like he's a member of Alvin and the Chipmunks. Oh, no. Mm -hmm. Oh, no. So this album is out bombs it's i mean you know this album is not going to make him a star Mm -hmm. yeah like it's it's bad yeah billy's furious i would think and uh i'm sure the label's furious they spent all this money pressing this record and right uh and his manager's like listen okay here's the deal you gotta see billy live and somehow his manager talks Artie Rip into giving them a blank checkbook so they can take billy on the road to claim his musical legacy He's a no-name act. But Billy's doing it, by God. He's opening for the Doobie Brothers. He opens for the Jay Giles Band. He goes to Europe and is the talk of Europe. Like, people love him. And he is slowly building up his live thing. Okay, it's about to take another twist. Because on one of these jaunts, a radio station in Philly, WMMR or something, does a live session with Billy one day. And Billy in that session plays the song Captain Jack. Leaves, doesn't think a thing about it. But as they're airing that, Captain Jack becomes the most requested song Hmm. on that radio station. Interesting. Mm -hmm. They're playing it a lot because it's the most requested song. And Clive Davis hears that song. Clive Davis, who's produced Janis Joplin and Bruce Springsteen. Soon to produce Whitney Houston. Mm. All the names. Just let that simmer. Yeah. Billy doesn't know about this yet. His tour is over. The album is not selling. He is currently going by the name Bill Martin, playing piano from 9 p.m. to 2 a.m. at a piano bar in L.A. 
Hmm. L.A. really isn't a pub culture. Right. So there's a pretty lively crew there that assembles every night. And uh, Billy's going to write the song Piano Man about that experience one day. He's like, this sucks, but I at least got to get a song out of this. True story. And he does. So Clive Davis, right, talks to his A&R guy. A&R guy goes out to find, you know, Billy Joel. Bill, Bill Martin or whatever. Yeah. yeah, and Columbia wants to sign him, but there's a snag. Artie Rip, that old manager with that blank checkbook fiasco thing, has spent $250,000, $350,000. And this is 70s money. Right. Oh, wow. So... Columbia wants to sign Billy, but, but Artie's like, um, I, hey, <laughs> you're reimbursement. Yeah. So Major makes a really shitty deal. Um, so when the deal is done, Artie Rip is going to make 25 cents off of every dollar that the first 10 Billy Joel albums accumulate. Whoa. Yep. Wow. That, that 25% a, of your first 10 albums. Ten You're not even albums. on album fucking two yet. Yeah. And I own your like, 25% of you for the next night. Like, mm-hmm. inc- no, crazy. that's, uh, yeah. Artie definitely got his money back sure. on that one. Billy fires Major, feeling like he sold him out. So by 1975. Yeah, it sounds like that was the right choice there. Yeah. By 1975, Billy and Elizabeth have married. And he decides that he's going to make his wife, Elizabeth, his manager. And they hit the scene. He breaks through. Like, after a number of albums, there's solo, like, session stuff. And he's like, no, I need a band. But he's, like, steadily breaking through. And it's going great for a long while. Until it's not. Because the marriage becomes much more like a business Mm. than a marriage. And it's taking a toll on the love affair. Billy's like, all right, how do I, how do I, how do I help this? And he hires Elizabeth's brother, Frank, to help out. Okay. You can trust him. He's yeah. family. And it's albums and live shows, album after album. April 1982, Billy is on his motorcycle and he is hit by a car running a red light when he has right of way. Okay. Surgeons are able oh, to. Oh boy. Surgeons are able to save his hand. But he will have pins and months and months of physical therapy. Elizabeth and Billy do divorce. And it's the end of 1982. Billy needs a little vacation. A little island getaway. Recovering. He's also dating Elle McPherson at the time. So things are okay. Now, we're going to go back to the Trashy Divorces train depot this week. Yes. It belongs in St. Bart's, and mm-hmm. it's time to bring these two crazy kids together. Mm-hmm. So St. Bart's, Christy's there. She's about to shoot uh, Sports Illustrated. Like, she's just staying down there because at the current time, she has so many shoots down there. She's like, I'll just hang out here for a few months, as opposed to traveling. Yeah, no, I mean, tropical islands are just an awful place to... In the wintertime? Pass some time. That's really sh- super shitty. But, I mean, she's a brave woman, and she put up with it, so... Full of sunbeams. Just bravo. Brave, brave sunbeams. So she pops in the bar in the place that she's staying. And like she, oh, who's that guy on piano? But her friend Elle McPherson's there. Whitney Houston's there. and Not yet famous, but yeah, Whitney yeah, Houston's vacation. Because of Clive them. Davis. Like everybody's, oh, gotcha. yeah, okay. 
And uh, Billy Joel is playing piano. He is ridiculously sunburnt and drinking frou-frou cocktails. Perfect. That's how Christy describes it. Perfect. Christy doesn't really know who he is because she's lived in Paris so long that he's a dude playing piano at the bar. Like, okay, you're okay, cool. But they end up hitting it off and laughing and talking all night. And he's like, call me when you're back in New York. I'm staying at the San Moritz. So she, Christy, calls the San Moritz, which gets back to New York. And they're like, there is no Billy Joel there. Billy Joel is totally there, but he has an alias. So in this time, he's run through a series of names that have all started with Al. So Alibi, Alimony, I'll be down to get you in a taxi. Like, whatever. He changes it every week, but they're all Al-centered. Right. And they're instructed, unless you have this code name, like, Mm -hmm. you don't get connected to Billy Joel. Sure. And Christy Brinkley is like, Jesus Christ, you told me to call him. Like, if Billy Joel is staying there, could you please give him a message from Mm -hmm. Christy Brinkley, 555. My name is Christy Brinkley. Exactly. I guess Christy Brinkley has enough cachet to get that message yeah, right up to the I think by right then she does, yeah. penthouse. So the same day, like, Billy's calling her. They're talking on the phone a lot. They go out for dinner. They're getting closer. He is rediscovering romance. He, like, Elizabeth has burned him, and he feels like a teenager again. Hence, 1983's An Innocent Man, which is, like, the happiest album ever. Like, nobody's used to Billy Joel, like, doing happy music but there you go soon christy is appearing in his uptown girl video they marry march the 23rd in 1985 on a ship in new york harbor and you've got this you know grubby rocker and this glamorous model and it was always an odd pairing visually i i mean no shade on anybody but you know like she is a supermodel and he is a musician that dude has got to have some legit charm. He was dating Elle McPherson before Christy Brinkley. Yeah, he's got some personality. and He's never had a problem with girls. Else, yeah. And I think probably has to be charismatic AF. I mean, I've seen him live. That was the first concert I ever went to hmm. by myself. My best friend and I took her mom's minivan and went to the Omni like 1987. Let's see, Billy Joel. Okay, not important. They marry. Grubby rocker, glam model. Nine months later, their daughter, Alexa Ray, is born in December of 1985. Kind of found this interesting. Christy says she never gave any thought to her career during pregnancy. Um, I had a healthy pregnancy. Like, my health was my concern. I was so excited to bring Alexa into the world. And it's kind of interesting. She loves being, Christy loves being pregnant. She thinks it's the most creative thing a woman can do. Christy's a frustrated artist, she calls herself. So she always wakes up with a desire to create something. And not every day, she's like, she can't. But she says when she's pregnant, I am creating. No matter right. what else I do that day, right. I am creating. She's full of fucking sunshine. <laughs> so... Christy is just a natural mom. Like, she's somebody who's going to get down on the floor and play with the kids. Another thing Christy does, which I find just remarkable, Billy doesn't really like to be photographed, and he's got this new album coming out. 
He's like, I need cover art. I don't, you know, I don't want to do another picture. And Christy, woman of magic, is like, hold on, I'll be right back. So she goes into her art studio and does the very first oil painting she's ever done and emerges with the cover of the River of Dreams album. It's amazing. And he's like, right. I didn't know you could do that. Whoa. Yeah. But I mean, that's what she went to Paris for in 1972 is yeah. that, right? Like but her life took a weird and incredibly lu- turn, lucrative but turn. Yeah. But yeah. She paints his album cover. No, no, no. I'm looking at River of Dreams. Wow. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Just just popped into the studio real quick and whipped that up. Okay. In oil. Yeah. Cool. Cool, cool. She's a frustrated artist. Yeah. <laughs> she's so, she's so cool. So it's all going great. And Christy's like, hey, babe, let's uh, get a home in the Hamptons. You know, I really love it there. And Billy's like, cool. So Billy's going to sell his apartment in New York City. And he's talking to a friend one day about selling his apartment and a house in the Hamptons. And his friend is like, <laughs> why not have both? <laughs> why are you selling your apartment? Like, do you have any idea how much money that you've made? Billy's like, no, like, guys do that for me. Well, Billy does a little investigation and finds out that uh, about 90 million of his dollars are missing. Thanks to ex-brother-in-law, Frank. <clears throat> Billy's overall debt is about 30 million. Holy shit. He owes five and a half million of that to the IRS. Hmm. Naturally, uh, Billy files suit. Freaks out. Freaks out. Files mm-hmm. suit against Frank. Yeah. A judgment is ordered, but it's worthless. Right. Because Frank doesn't have any Frank's money. got the money. Yeah. And Billy. Billy's a fighter. Punk ass street kid. He goes on tour. He goes on a two year tour. Hmm. Gross is $65 million. But that road warrior ring will break down a relationship. Yeah. In that two-year period, it's estimated he's played to about three and a half million people. But this tour experience, I think, is what drives Christy and Billy apart. The two of them will spend a decade together, almost or nine years, 1985 to 1994, before they divorce but they both have thriving careers. Christy says, like, we both had other stuff going on and I didn't complain, but the marriage was experiencing a lot of strain and it was falling apart. Christy says it was definitely worth fighting for, but then it just didn't work out. And they both appear kind of devastated that it didn't work out. But 1994, the couple divorces but they remain friends and allies. And co-parents. And co-parents to this day. Mm-hmm. Very little trash in her first two marriages and divorces. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I gather that maybe Billy was drinking too much at the time and was, you know, feeling some feels. And he does later go into rehab. I kind of kept out of his back half. Yeah. Just because that's your part of the story. However, but I, but I mean, I think, you know, collectively with the long, like, I think he was just maybe a little checked out by the end maybe. for, you know, for various reasons. Well, his financial woes are long behind him. And I'll do some follow up Billy stuff on Trashy Tidbits this week because he has been married and divorced again and remarried. There's a I mean, he's just a fascinating 
character. I did a fun poll yesterday on the Facebook with everybody's favorite Billy Joel songs. And I think it is a universal acknowledged fact that everybody fucking loves Billy Joel. I mean, it's hard not. He just makes catchy music. Five There's decades no, yeah, of, yeah. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know if he gets enough credit in yeah. the singer, composer, songwriter yeah, I don't think you now that you mention it, I don't think he does. But. He's amazing. Mm-hmm. So there's Christy Brinkley's two up, two down, yep. first two part, trashy part, divorces. Part the A. Which, again, very few trash cans. Not not particularly trashy. Um, I think we've hit the high water mark and it's all downhill from here. I mean, those trash cans are in museums. They're in an art museum and a music museum. <laughs> right. Beautifully hung. The Trash Candy Hall of Fame. That's that's it. <laughs> that's it. That's it. All right. Well, let's take a break. And then when we come back, there will be trash cans. Oh, so many. So many. Hey, Trash Pandas. When you need a brain break from your day, let me recommend the game June's Journey for Android and iPhone. It's a hidden object mystery game where you are solving a murder, uncovering family secrets, and, I don't know, exposing official corruption? all in an extremely stylish 1920s setting. Every scene takes you deeper into the mystery and introduces you to an expansive cast of characters as June Parker explores the questions surrounding her sister's apparent murder-suicide at the family's beachfront estate. Add your own elements to the island from lush gardens to gorgeous new buildings. This story has so many twists and turns. Right now, we are on a global journey attempting to rescue June's niece, Virginia. It's a great combo of gameplay. It's a memory puzzle, a design project, an intriguing storyline with genuinely fabulous art. When you want to let your mind wander, relax into this glorious 1920s murder mystery and get lost in the fun. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. So, Stacey, you're bringing the back half. I got of the back. Christie's trashy. Now, now, now they get trashy. I got the trashy half of the of the divorces. But before we get into that, we should pause for a moment to note. Again, her divorce from Billy Joel was apparently remarkably conflict free, and they really focused on the fact that they had a daughter together, and that she was going to be their priority, not whatever disagreements they may have had. They right? seem like they really did divorce. Well, yeah, they really do. And it is all the more remarkable because by the time they were actually divorced, she was already engaged to husband number three, which in a lot of divorces sends the estranged spouse over the deep end. Sure. But not Billy Joel. Not Billy Joel. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And um, he would have had reason to be mad, as we will see. Oh, my. Talk, talk, talk. Tell me. All right. So the divorce went okay. In March of 1994, which is about six months before the divorce concluded, Christy Brinkley is in Telluride, Colorado. Like you are. Like you are. She's apparently a big ski bunny, I guess is what we used to call it back in the day. Wow, that makes me sound so old. She is a ski enthusiast. She is a fan of the powder, and we don't mean it in the normal way we mean it on this podcast. Yeah, that's the truth. (laughs) Not the cocaine kind. Not the cocaine kind. The snow kind. The snow kind. Okay, so in her travels out there, she meets this fella named Richard Taubman. He's usually referred to as Ricky Taubman. But not Dick. Publications from that era. I don't don't know. I think she called him that by the end. 
Okay. <laughs> so Ricky had a son from a previous marriage, Wyatt, who at the time was about eight, which is about the same age as Alexa. Okay, at the time. that's nice. So, yeah. So he had had some money at some point in his life for sure. He had a multi-million dollar estate in Colorado. He was also an experienced pilot who owned and flew a 12-seat airplane and like took Christy and Alexa on like a multi-day, multi-state little tour in his airplane. Like, oh, you know, that's mm-hmm. just fancy. Yeah. So they were introduced by mutual friends in March. In April, this is so crazy, there's a thing called heli-skiing where a helicopter will fly you and your friends out to like a remote relatively untouched mountain peak and drop you off on top of it and then you ski down the entire mountain and then it'll pick you up at the bottom and take you back to the top or take you to another one you're kidding i'm not i don't know if this is a thing that still happens although it's america probably there are some dangers with this as you might expect so you said hella skiing i thought it was going to go somewhere to like hella hella i mean it is it's kind of both ways is what this is i love it all right so in april 94 she Ricky, and I guess four other friends. I think there were six people total, including the pilot on the plane. So some friends, a group of like supermodel, supermodel adjacent and rich people are in a helicopter. Powder enthusiasts. Powder enthusiasts. I think skiers everywhere are like, I hate them. I hate them so much. Us for calling them that. Yes. Sure. Okay. So, I don't know. Is Ski Bunny better? It's not. It is so not. Um, all right. So, yeah, in April, they're flying into the Colorado backcountry for a ski trip. The helicopter they are on suddenly loses altitude <gasps> and slams into, I'm guessing, sort of a slopey side of a mountain. Oh, my God. Where it begins to roll. Whole. And as it rolls, it is slowly ejecting <gasps> the six people f- uh, like out of it. Oh, my God. Anyway, yeah, this thing fell 200 feet straight (sighs) down and then repeatedly rolled. Ricky suffers 12 broken ribs, a broken collarbone, and a punctured lung. Oh, Jesus. Everybody got pretty banged up. That was the worst. Christy uh, fractured her wrist or sprained it really badly. Like, her wrist was injured, and it it was in a cast for a while, so I'm guessing it was a fracture. Oh, wow. Anyway, they then proceeded to be stranded at almost 13,000 feet as the weather conditions got worse. Like when they started the trip at a different peak, you know, not too far away, the winds were really light. And then they kind of gradually picked up to about 20. By the time rescue copters are trying to... I was about to say, did hella rescue come? Yeah, 50 mile an hour winds. Holy shit. Yeah, they, they, they kept having to like leave and come back. They first came and just like dropped blankets and were like, we're gonna figure this out and then flew off. Like, it was a mess. It was terrifying. This went on for hours. Oh my God. Yeah. So, I mean, props to the pilots involved, uh, even the one who crashed... Like, you can have a good crash or a bad crash, and he had a good crash. Hella good. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so this experience, I mean, they literally nearly died on this mountain. And this creates, you know, a sense of a real... bring them closer together? It really does. A very strong bond. And again, they've known each other a month. But he really, I mean, he is a strappingly handsome... He was born loaded, money. handsome, yeah, like charming to have my own plane. Like, confidence of course, and charisma, yes. On paper, he looks great. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so in May, Richard proposes. The divorce obviously was not 
complete yet. That wouldn't be until August. But she's like, yeah, yeah, we we beat death, you and I. <laughs> we should totally get married. Let's get married. So they do. Wow. It, in December. She got divorced in August. That's a pretty quick turnaround. In December in Telluride, Colorado, where they beat death. No. Yeah. And at the wedding, they announce that they are expecting a child. And then she opens an envelope that reveals the gender. She didn't know until that point. Oh, my God. There's a boy. Just all in one? All okay. In one. It was a big day for her. Well, that is one way to get your bang yeah. out of your buck for your party dollars yeah. right there. Okay, so... We got a wedding. We got a gender reveal. Too bad you can't just hustle up the birth and call it all done. Yeah, right? Wow. So she told People Magazine at the time, every experience in life changes you. After the crash, there was no reason to deny what we felt. Which, I mean, I... I, Yeah. Aquarius girl. Perfect sense. Also, I think we've talked before about, like, don't make big life decisions right after trauma. Nope. Nobody... Yeah, that's not a... Yeah. Okay, one great thing happened out of what would be a very short marriage, though. The son. Jack Paris Brinkley Taubman came into the world in June of 95. I caught a video of him the other day. He's very He's handsome. He's very handsome. Mm-hmm. He's apparently not um, super into... Like, I think his family would like him to get into acting and modeling, but I don't think that's really where his he heart is. He looked a little bit more reserved than his sisters. Like, right. I saw an interview with Alexa, Sailor, Christy, and he, and he kind of... Not off to the side, because they were all very close. It was very sweet, but definitely yeah, Christy has said a little quieter. He doesn't love having... When you said that Billy Joel doesn't love having his picture taken, neither does Jack. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Captain Jack. <laughs> not, not... Anyway. When Jack was all of seven weeks old, Christy Brinkley grabbed him and left Colorado for the last... Not for the last time, but she was done with Richard Taubman. Like, that is... Wow. Precisely so how long? So in and out in a year, seven months. Holy shit! Yeah. So what happened? It appears that what happened is that he kind of misrepresented his finances. Like he pushed, he presented himself as Mister Moneybags, hereditary wealth, like blah blah blah, like ultimate. The world is my oyster. Um, but the paper was wasn't worth what it was printed on. Apparently, he was sort of known as like the playboy who squandered dad's fortune. <gasps> He was supposedly an L.A. real estate developer at this time, but like over the apparently he borrowed a million and a half dollars from Christy Brinkley with no intention of ever paying it back. Oh, and no ability, it turns out, to ever pay it back. So during the course of the divorce, he ended up having to sell this. Let me let me me read you how people covered this, because, again, they covered the wedding and the helicopter crash. they, They covered all of this. Because she was a superstar at the time. Like, she she was everywhere. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, her life was notable to places like People Magazine. So this is what People has to say. What went wrong? They married on a mountaintop in Colorado on a perfect winter day and got to know each other later. Wow. Red flag, red flag. There have been widespread reports that Brinkley, 42, bolted because Taubman, 46, wasn't the Mr. Moneybags he first appeared to be. A lawyer for Taubman, whose late father Morris was a real estate magnate in San Diego, vigorously denies his client is financially unstable. This much is certain. Taubman's main source of income is family investments. 
Some of the family firms filed for bankruptcy in November 94, and Taubman was sued by his sister last January for $300,000. Oh, my God. In May, he finally agreed to pay an out-of-court settlement. Last week, Taubman, still known to San Diego business people as the Playboy son, was preparing oh. to sell his $3 million Victorian mansion in Telluride. So. Wow. That did not go well. And it did not take long for her to suss out that he was... I mean, I don't, I don't know that he was a con man, but he certainly may have overstated the amount of jeopardy he was in at that point on purpose or just because he'd never had to deal with consequences. Hard to say, really. Hard to say. Okay, friends say, everybody was real surprised she married him. She's a very, <laughs> she's a very normal person and he's so highfalutin. Props for that word, uh, says a Brinkley acquaintance. One of her pals says, it was a passionate thing. And what she got from it, her son, is an amazing blessing. But of course, there's hurt there. How couldn't there be? So apparently Ricky was trying to kind of get her to come back. And like, I, anyway, it. And she was like, big old note. Yeah, I don't know the precise. Like, I, I don't know that she's ever disclosed precisely kind of what went down. What, I mean, if you're not feeling it, you're not like, don't. like. What is specifically known is that in the divorce she got him to give up his parental rights over Jack and they've never had a relationship. Oh, wow. Yeah. Which again, let's go back to how things with Billy Joel ended. Like she didn't try to go to the mat to keep him away from his daughter. Right. Like it's very, there yeah, was something there's really something, up, you know, something's there. Interesting. Yeah. So that is husband number three, Richard Taubman, who, as far as I know, like as far as I can tell online, he's, he's still alive. He's around 70 years old. But, like, there are photos on his social media presences of, like, him on yachts. And, but you know, like, he's one of those, but it's not clear what he does. He just highfalutes. He just highfalutes. Perfect. I, I guess. I okay. mean, I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, so that lasted seven months. Um, <laughs> but, pretty you know. quick. We have just a handful that have gone a year or less. Yeah. The next one goes longer, but ends way, way worse. Way worse. Mm -hmm. Okay. So in 1995 or early 1996, NBC personality Jill Rappaport reintroduced Christy to a person she had met long before, Peter Halsey Cook. Back in the late 70s, Cook had dabbled in modeling and met Christy for the first time. He's five years younger than she is, and both were in other relationships at the time. She was still married to hubby number one. Ah. So if there were sparks back then, they didn't amount to anything. I don't know that there were, but there might have been. Anyway, so fast forward to the mid-90s, and... You know, little Peter the model has turned into a respected architect and a denizen of the Hamptons social set, which Christy, Christy has her house there. The Hamptons. Yeah. yeah, that like that is her place. And in fairness, um, Peter Cook is a descendant of three of the area's founding families. So I think we can stipulate that he probably walked into life pretty loaded. But it seems like he set out on a career path to expand that wealth and, and make something of himself. And, okay. And be a be a guy, be a be a person. Highfalutin Hamptons boy. Highfalutin Hamptons boy. Yeah. So they became engaged in August of 96. They That's got... really... When did she divorce? 95. Okay. So a an appropriate time. She doesn't wait. <laughs> <laughs> so they become engaged in August 96. And the next month they marry in Bridgehampton. She is quick. She's quick. Wow. I feel like one takeaway from the story is to slow down Christy Brinkley. You don't have to marry everyone you meet. 
But it's like the uh, the window is open, girl, and how mm-hmm. I met your mother, the right? Window like, is open. Yeah, she is. She no longer does this, but this she really was just like, nah, I'm all in. Let's go. She's learned her lesson, I think. Okay, so at the time she was super elated though, and she she told probably People Magazine. I finally have what I always wanted, a husband who is so involved in the family, who cares about it with every ounce of his being, who is there for us. Oh, it's every time it's finally. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, God bless her little mm-hmm. sunshine cell. Sunshine beam. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So 98, though, the couple has a daughter, Sailor Lee Brinkley Cook, and Peter adopted Jack, who, you know. Oh, fantastic. Things were going swimmingly in the Brinkley Cook home. Until June of 06. Okay, so that was when Christy agreed to give the commencement address at the local high school graduation there in the Hamptons. Oh, well, that's nice. And afterwards, a policeman walks up to her and says, that husband of yours won't knock it off. She's like, sorry, what? Excuse me? And he said, he's having an affair with my teenage daughter and that bastard (gasps) won't knock it off and I have to come to you. What? Yeah. (sighs) Okay. So, I will say that there was a big tabloid scandal, and the name of the teenage mistress was all over, and if you are so inclined, you can go track that down through the Google pretty easily. But I think we've kind of decided that if people have not continued being public people, we're going to not go For out sure. of our way. So, so I'm not going to name her, but again, Google's your friend if it's, it, it's really not important, and she is not a public person, and like, whatever. Okay, so... The teenage daughter had been 18 when this is so, oh my God. so the worst. She had been 18 when Peter met her in a Hamptons toy store. No. Pro tip, no. do not go trawling for mistresses in toy stores. Oh my God. After meeting her, he hired her as an assistant at his architectural firm. And their affair lasted for about a year, starting in 05. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Poor Christy Brinkley. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, so once that news broke, there were other women who came forward with some fun <gasps> stories about old Peter Cook. There was Samantha Cole, who claims to have dated Peter back in 1996, when she was 19. She said that he had asked her to marry him that summer, but she turned him down and dumped him, and a month later, he was engaged to Christy Brinkley. Which means he was probably cheating on Christy Brinkley during their wow. relationship. Wow. So here's what she said after, like, the broader scandal broke. Quote, I was pretty upset about it, pretty angry. I was the last person he was with before Christy. I thought that she was too old for him. I said to him, you've always dated younger girls. This will continue to be a thing. Oh. So if an affair with an 18-year-old was not enough, it came out during the two-year-long divorce that culminated in a pretty trashy divorce trial there in the Hamptons, that Peter had paid his... Teenage mistress, $300,000 in hush money. Excuse me? And it didn't even work because she testified at the trial. Oh, my God. And that he was also running up massive bills for internet porn as high as $3,000 a month. Porn is free! A month. What's wrong with you? He's got to have a very specific kink kink or taste or flavor or... That is $36,000 a year on porn. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that seems high. Rich people problems. Yeah, right. Okay. Also, like, I, I'm not, I don't think he was bragging about this on the stand, but um, he was 
sort of forced by oaths and such to testify that one of the things he liked to do on the internet was to share images of himself pleasuring himself with swinger websites. So that's cool. That's cool. And then Alexa Ray, Christie's daughter with Billy Joel, testified that Peter had always been a jerk to her and specifically recounted a time that he had become so angry with her that he dunked her head into a bucket of water, an incident that Peter says never happened. So... Christy, get, go, uh go, 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 Mm -hmm. go, go, go. Mm -hmm. A court-appointed psychologist said that Peter was, quote, an insatiable narcissist, unquote. Mm. And, you know, the matter was ugly and public, which, hey, that is exactly what we look for in this podcast. So at the conclusion of the divorce, he walked away with a $2.1 million cash settlement, most of which was destined to land in his lawyer's pockets. In exchange, he gave up rights to 18 properties that Christie had purchased during their decade of marriage, and she won sole custody and decision-making rights for Jack and Sailor. Good for her. Uh, There was a pre-existing visitation schedule that was like every other weekend and one weeknight with extra time in the summer. I don't get the feeling that the kids are super hot on dad, though. Okay, so the divorce became final in late 08, and, you know, both of them claimed victory, but it was pretty clear that... Christy Brinkley won this divorce. For sure. All right. So as for Peter Cook, by the time the divorce trial kicked off in June 08, he had already moved on with the woman who had become his next wife. Oh, goody. That marriage ended with Peter caught cheating as well. And in 2014, Suzanne Shaw, the second wife, publicly apologized to Christy for having badmouthed her in the past. Quote, Christy was wrongly vilified as being an embittered ex-wife. I now believe she had every right to do what she did by taking a public stand. She was only trying to protect her children and have the truth be told. Given the nature of Peter's behavior and battles for sole custody of their children, it was necessary for her to confront him publicly. Good for her. And good for the, like, that's girl power. Yeah. Sticking together. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, if you go search Peter Cook on page six, you will find story after story about him dating, taking pictures of, or generally being like a creepy older guy around very young women. Way. He's 60. Like. What's he doing now? Hmm. Hmm. In September of this year, the year of our Lord 2019. Two months ago. Two months ago. Okay. Three months ago. Peter, Uh age 60, as noted, took a 20 or 21 year old (sighs) reports differ and it. Page six is certain she's 20. To Greece. Oh, my God. Where they became engaged. Congratulations. Hooray. This is definitely going to work out for you. Okay. Uh, He announced this publicly at the end of October, one week after his daughter, Sailor, who is older than his fiance, was eliminated from Dancing with the Stars, where I think she was filling in for her mother, who got hurt right before the taping was supposed to start. Oh, my God. Something along those lines. Like I think Christy Brinkley broke her arm or something. Something like that, yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So that is the utter trash baggery that is Peter Cook. Ugh. Ugh. As things stand today, Christy Brinkley has not walked down the aisle for a fifth time, although tongues wagged when she dated John Mellencamp for a year in oh, 2015. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. In 2016. Yeah, I guess he was on a break. He's been with Meg Ryan... Forever. For a long, long yeah, time. For a long yeah, time. since like 2011 or something. 
but yeah, they they were off for a while and John Mellencamp. Hmm. Okay, so basically Chrissy Brinkley seems like someone who has been a really great mom and raised really fulfilled kids. But aside from Billy Joel, her marriages have ended in really damaging heartbreak for everyone. And I guess maybe husband number one, too, but we don't really... Yeah, it's that's very He's undercover. He's not super remembered, yeah. So as trash cans go, I think Richard Taubman gets a solid three. Okay. He was like a dandy cad who nearly died in a helicopter crash, and you can see how things got mixed up between them. Hellafalutin. <laughs> Peter Cook, I oh, think, God. gets what must be his very favorite number, as well as his preferred age for romantic partners, 18 Perfect. trash cans. Set them on fire like your relationship with your daughter. Perfect. So my question here is, does Christy Brinkley get halos? Yes. Yeah, I kind of think so, too. All of them. Yeah. Sunbeams, halos, unicorns. Okay. Narwhals. I'm fine with that. I don't know. Whatever she wants. Yeah. She can have. Yeah, yeah. She really is just genuinely delightful yeah no i love that she and billy joel remain really good friends all these decades later like it's just that is what you want to see when people split up but have kids for sure yeah she's a model of that seems like her mom dedication is pretty she's a supermodel of that i think Uh, you mean (laughs) i can't do any better than that (laughs) thanks everybody so much for tuning in we've got some Hot, fresh drops coming on Patreon for you this week. I'm going back into the land of conspiracy. Stacy, you're not even ready. Probably not. Uh, trashier tutors this week. We're doing the Shakespeare authorship controversy. Oh my God, this is one of your bugaboos. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, and yeah. we're going to talk about some possibilities of Shakespeare authorship. I'm mm-hmm. really lit about it. You've got side piece coming up this week. Trashy tidbits on Thursday will pick up. A lot of stuff on Billy Joel that just wasn't in the Christy Brinkley arc, as well as all the other hot news from the week. Yeah, there you go. Hey, and please enjoy your Thanksgiving leftovers. Hopefully, people are sick of eating leftovers by now. It's Sunday, babe. Just throw them in a soup pot. (laughs) Put it on low. How many sandwiches can you eat? Check on it tomorrow. Y'all are the very best. Thank you so much for tuning in for yet another episode of trash candy we'll be back next week it's like stealing trash candy from a baby (laughs) keep it trashy y'all bye bye and thanks to you for listening trashy divorces is a hemlock creatives production created and produced right here in atlanta georgia by us stacy and alicia with a little research and writing help from the brilliant Melissa O. Our art is by Sydney V. Smith. That's Sydney V. Smith at carbonmade.com. And our music is used with permission of Ratsy. Check her out at Ratsy's store on Instagram. And definitely drop into Ratsy's store anytime you're in Oberlin, Ohio. You can contact us at trashydivorces at gmail.com or find us on the World Wide Web at trashydivorces.com. If you need more trash candy in your life, our Patreon community includes some of the very best humans around and thousands of hours of bonus content at every level of support. Join the fun at patreon.com slash trashydivorces. Interested in some Trashy Divorces swag? Check out our merch shop and Trash Panda Enthusiasm Society at bit.ly slash trashy gear want to advertise with us reach out to sales at advertisecast.com for more information and last but not least come play with us on social media 
I keep most of our Trashy Divorces Instagram hopping. Stacy and I share it up over on Facebook, including our Trashy Divorces podcast discussion group. Come join us over there, and thanks again, everybody, for listening. Keep it trashy, y'all.